Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, tell me, which tell I, me, I, tell I, me. You still have a six-pack, bro? Yeah, of course I have a six-pack. I was born it. with it, Prove it, prove it. <laughs> there, there's no chance you got a six-pack, prove it. <laughs> I do have it, though. Oh, he's not going to prove it. He's not going to prove nah, it. That doesn't sound like it. Nope, he's not going to put his money where <laughs> his mouth is. Dude, Jame, you if, if you pull out dude, a six gotta, pack right now gotta, on the stream, I will give you a hundred dollars. If you, you got a six pack, I thought you were a hustler. I thought you were a hustler. I thought you were a hustler. And These aren't besides, like pickleball sugar mamas, are they? Ooh. No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, All right. Jame, I mean, I'll go for a dinner. That <laughs> <laughs> that's where you draw the line. Uh, sorry. Yeah, okay, continue. Exactly. <laughs> hey, every every pro pickleball player has got a couple of of sugar mamas. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. He, he just said no no hustles off limits. Yeah. Okay, very fantastic. <laughs> very fantastic. Welcome to Pickle Pod. Thank you so much. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First things first. How do we uh, how do we pronounce your first name? Jaume. So it is a, a hard J. Yeah. Okay. No way. Jaume. I mean, uh, in Spanish, then my name would be Jaime, but Jaime. In, my first language is Catalan, so it's pronounced Jaume. It's like a more quiet J. Really? Yeah. Okay. Where'd you grow yeah. up in Spain? I grew up in Mallorca. It's an island. What's, what's, the, big, uh, what's the big church called? The one that everybody talks about in Barcelona? Um... I know the name, bro. Sagrada, La Sagrada Familia, no. They're going to kill me. Spanish people are going to kill me after this. <laughs> you don't know, like, the number one thing that... I'm from, from Mallorca. I'm from an island. He's not from Barcelona. He's from yeah, Mallorca. No. Yeah. Dude, I, I know everything about all 50 states. You can't. You can ask me anything about all 50 states. All right, where's the Space Needle? Seattle. Nailed that one. Okay, moving Damn on. Good. Damn. All right, Jaume. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just can't we... believe it's actually Jaume. I thought yeah. we were all just saying it in a, a, a very Americanized way, but I told you on the last episode, it is actually Jaume. Yeah. I just like hearing it from the horse's mouth is is something different. Yeah, like, I mean, usually uh, whenever people come yeah. to me and they say, is it pronounced like this? I'll say, yeah, 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 you're doing good. And then I'll have the friend of the friend come back to me, say it a different way, and I'll say he's doing it good, and then they both start fighting because I say <laughs> yes to both. <laughs> You're a troll. I called Alta for the first like three times I saw him. I thought it was Atlef, <laughs> <laughs> and he gets that a ton too. Yeah, I call him Atlef for the first three weeks I knew him. We probably we probably made it spelled it Atlef in like the first few issues of our newsletter. Uh, but anyway, all right, Jaume, 
Welcome to the Pickle Pod. Uh, hot start there. A lot of, lot of value add. Uh, where are you right now? Uh, just landed yesterday in uh, Mesa, in Arizona. Okay. And where did yeah. where'd you fly in from? Well, I didn't fly. Um, I drove from San Diego, actually. Didn't God. he just say you landed? Yes, I got confused. <laughs> get, get, get used to it. If you want to do uh, how's the uh, how's the road warrior life? Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, you technically live in Hawaii right now, but you're just on the road constantly. Um, well, yeah, kind of. So, so last year it was more the the road warrior life where I had to go back to Hawaii. And, and work and then travel to the PPAs and constantly go back. Um, now I've been in the mainland since uh, Palm Springs already. So uh, I I'm, I'm don't know when I'm going to go back to Hawaii for now, but it kind of seems like I'm, I'm moving a little bit away from it just to pursue this pickleball uh, career. But uh, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey and definitely was tough at the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, my mom wanted me to ask you about being homeless in America. How's that? Hmm. It's the, actually pretty good. I mean, that, that Airbnb looks pretty nice. Yeah. If that's homeless, sign me up. Right? But <laughs> no, you're, you're... for luckily, um, all the time that I ha- that I'm in the mainland and all the time that I have been around, um, I'm lucky enough that uh, I have uh, good connections with people, and most of the people has been really nice to me and helping me around. So. Like uh, I could tell you, like in two months in the mainland, I never had to book a hotel or stuff like that. I always had good host staying, and and I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, right. So, how do you find hosts? Does a PPA hook you up, or are you just kind of on your own using Facebook in the groups? Uh, like, how does yes, that work? Yes, more. Yes, more in my on my own. I and more is like not Facebook or uh, online stuff. I mostly just meet the people face to face and. They're usually always the normal questions are like, yeah, how's my name pronounced? Where am I staying? So I just say my name and then I say I'm homeless. So if you want to help, help me out. (laughs) And it always just goes that way. Yeah. So we're two for two on uh, generic questions that everybody asks you. Yep. (laughs) You can keep going. (laughs) We'll try. Yeah. We'll we'll try and get a little bit more interesting here. No, no, I got one more third generic one. All right. I like it. Dude, how the hell did you get so good in Hawaii. There's like nobody there. I mean, like there's, there's people playing, but there's no super high level pros in, in Hawaii. And then all of a sudden last year you come over and you play some incredible singles is where you were broke onto the scene first. Like who the hell were you practicing against to, to then just come over here and beat big names like Ben and, and, you know, Tyson, all these guys, like, um, you got a good actually, ball machine or what? <laughs> actually, um, I'm not quite sure. Um, I feel like uh, my transition from tennis to to pickleball, it's it's kind of the same game in a miniature. When I play tennis, you know, I I was always the the smaller player, uh, with uh, that it was grinding and uh, and I had to find ways to to play against better players that had better serves, better forehands, and everything. And I feel like pickleball is more like a chess game, so it just transferred very well for me having just the tennis strokes and playing chess all my life. Um, to to play pickleball, and then it took me really really little uh, time to get used to that. When I played the first couple um, PPAs, I I went head to head with most of the top players. I lost all of the matches, three sets, but 
Um, I could see a little bit the patterns quicker than other players, I would say. And and then as soon as I, I got a little bit more reps in my game, it just skyrocketed a little bit. But but yeah, I, I didn't really have somebody to practice all the time with. Definitely not. Yeah, and do you feel like now being in the, the mainland for a good chunk of time, I mean, that's got to be pretty enormous for your game like where have you where have you been between palm springs and uh and mesa oh uh, so i went well after palm springs i went to tyson's house and i was training with him maybe like 10 days straight something like this right before mesa um i can see it on my results i mean if you see in palm springs i did okay but i lost three sets to hayworth which is a, a good player and and I was coming from Hawaii after like a month and a half. So I didn't have much reps, to, to be honest. Then I went to Tyson's house and that helps me a lot for 10 days, play the tournament. And, and then after the tournament, I went to San Diego. I gave a couple of like clinics. I teach a little bit, um, practice a little bit too. But yeah, definitely my time in the mainland is helping me a lot in my doubles game, more than singles. I feel like in the mainland I play way more doubles than I would ever do. And and now my, finally my game is kind of having a combination between what I used to have, which was uh, good drives and being fast. And now I, I'm able to get to the kitchen and kind of structure my cat and mouse because my doubles game just improved. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We talk a lot about specialization. I would say you're one of those players who okay, clearly has excelled in singles very, very quickly, working your way into doubles. How do you look at doubles versus singles? How do you prioritize the two? Are you going to go really hard at doubles or are you going to kind of focus on singles and then you know, compete in doubles when you have the opportunity? Dude, he's, um, already, he's already there in dubs. He beat the GOAT, and he had to carry Wyatt Stone to do it. <laughs> How about pain? <laughs> um... I, I actually finally I'm, I'm starting to enjoy doubles. Uh, at the beginning when I started, I, I, I hated it. I hated doubles. I hated all this thinking stuff. Um, right now, I, I, I do enjoy playing. I see the patterns. I see how much stuff you can do. It's not just thinking uh, and speed ups. Like I can create the point by thinking and structure something that makes sense for my game. And especially I love mixed doubles too because it's a little bit more chaotic. Um, than, than men's doubles. I can be a little bit more spontaneous and drive more and crash and do weird stuff. But definitely right now I'm focusing more a little bit on, on my doubles. And, and still I can carry the singles because it's just a combination a little bit. Who, who were you talking about? He beat the GOAT? Yeah, him and Wyatt beat Ben Collin. Really? When did I, when did I miss that? What tournament? <laughs> it was a backcourt. <laughs> Nobody how, knows about it. <laughs> yeah, right. How how'd that one feel? I'd be I'd be putting that all over my Instagram. Well, I mean, there, there was a lot of things that uh, that benefited uh, me and Wyatt by for winning. You know, it's like it was a small court. It was there was wind. It was not a not the the perfect match. Obviously, if I have played the perfect match in the central court, I probably get mm -hmm. my ass kicked. But just the fact of having like a a small court where if I serve big. They can really return well. The the their draws were not as good because the the wind was a little bit annoying. You know, when there is this kind of conditions, it favorite it, it makes it easier for the for the lower 
partners to to exceed. I would say, well, I prefer to play in perfect conditions when I know I'm the best player, and I prefer to play in worse conditions when I know I'm not the mm. best player. So, and it just turned out that in that particular occasion, we definitely had everything going for us. Yeah, the wind is definitely like a little bit of an an equalizer, like for sure. So when you're the underdog, like it's it's beneficial to play in in conditions like that. But like you guys still had to go and do it, right? There's yeah, no, many... definitely. I'm not taking care away of our wind. We won, and and that's it. But for instance, like maybe my draughts were better be with the wind than what it would have been without the wind. So I was like, perfect. This is insane. <laughs> So who are you playing with? Like for the for, sorry to, to jump jump all over the place, but like who do you got for this this tournament? Like are you trying to uh, trying to get sort of a some regular partners here? Like what's uh what's your deal for for this year in terms of playing? Um, I feel like this year I think I'm gonna try and play with as many different partners as I can, just because I want to have a feel of of everybody's game of what uh, what I like for myself. Um, I I'm. Uh, usually I'm a very uh, adaptive player, so I can see the patterns that, that that my partner is using and I can use that for my benefit. I don't need somebody to to cater to, to my likings. I can do everything. So I would like to see, uh, I think I'm trying like a bunch of like lefty players this year, uh, just because I like lefty players too. They can cover the meter real well. Um, and But yeah, I don't have a set partner for now. And um, I'm excited to like try with different people. Mm -hmm. I always find that a little bit more fun as well. Like getting locked up for a full year seems like a like a marriage, which yeah, that doesn't seem uh, that seems like it's. I feel like that's worked in certain circumstances, but like more often than not, doesn't. Well, I mean, I feel like that is working for the people that is lucky enough to have a brother or a sister. That you that that it just like the relationship is so close from when you were little that it still is working like this, um, but yeah, he, I think everybody should uh, be trying to play with with more people regardless. Yes, yes, because um, also I think the more the more variation there is in the in the draws with the partners, is the more likely to be upsets and uh, and better results for people. Like right now, for instance, like Ben and Colin, they know uh, everybody's game so well. So um, it's kind of easier, I would say, to upset them if they don't know the the how those people play right away than if they've been playing forever against them. Mm -hmm. If they don't have the, the book on them, the, the, the gameplay, Colin doesn't have his notes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right, I saw on Reddit that you actually had an interesting take on, like we talk a lot about, the best way to get good fast is play with better talent, right? And if you yeah. want to compete on the PPA tour, you got to be getting reps against people on the PPA tour for the most part. You had an interesting take about improving your game and getting better even when you're playing against players that aren't as talented as you. Like, yeah. How do you look at that in those environments? How are you still able to improve your game and get better? I mean, def definitely um, the things that that helped me the most is seeing the better players. Um, the thing is like, I take what they, what they use against me. I take what the weakness, they, they expose my weakness all the time. And I take that. And when I go to back to Hawaii or back to lower players, I try to work those weaknesses for myself. And I try mm -hmm. to tell them 
where to play me or I try to put myself in a situation where it would be as similar as possible to what I felt and, and just work from there. Obviously, um, there is certain levels that it will work better or worse depending on the difference of the player. But uh, in, in a perfect situation, you still can work in any kind of thing by mm-hmm. just having a player on the other side. Right. Okay. And so you're full-time pickle now, right? Yeah, right now as as January, I'm full time people. Yeah, no longer the side hustle. This is the main hustle. Well, I always side hustle a lot of stuff, but but that's, like what? that's for well, fun. So, what else are we doing? So I saw that you uh, are a business owner of Aloha Tennis. Is that something you're still working on? Uh, well, that's always going to be in Hawaii. When I go to Hawaii, I still um, will give my tennis lessons just because I enjoy the people that I work with and and I just uh, don't want to leave it. I, I it's something that I enjoy. Yeah, okay. I don't see it as a work anymore. Before I used to put like 40 hours a week, 35, 40 hours. That's a lot of, a lot of lessons. Now, maybe when I go back, I'll do like 10 hours just that's with the people that I really like. Um, but yeah, right now it's like really, really like stopped those kind of things. And when, when I say hassle, I mean, like, uh, I'll do pretty much, I'll do anything. It's just, it's just <laughs> I, I just like, I just like hustling, honestly. Okay, so I, I grab like, yeah, yeah, right. When, when, when I, for you. Yeah, when I went when I went to Hawaii as a freshman, like I I literally I was playing in the tennis in the tennis team, and I would still like uh, cut hair of my of my teammates. I'll change the oil of mopeds in the of the students, you know. Yes, yes, because I'm a hustler, you know. Why not? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah, so if today if today you ask me, hey, you, you want to drive this truck for five hundred bucks? I'd be like, sure, man. What do you want me to drive? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So, and you are kind of just driving around the country. Um, so your main, let's call them revenue streams, right? The business of Jaume, your yeah. main revenue streams right now are if you win on the PPA tour sponsorships, when you go yeah. home, uh, you know, you're kind of doing the clinics and stuff, but yeah. how else are you funding this journey around the country, becoming a pro pickleball player? Well, I mean, I don't need uh, that. The rest of it is more like people helping me, honestly. Like, uh, it's, it's just I've been fortunate enough that I, I built close connections with with people that can um, help me do that. And these and aren't besides, like pickleball sugar mamas, are they? Ooh. No, of course not. I mean, I'll go for a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where you draw the um, line. Uh, sorry. Yeah, okay, continue. Exactly. <laughs> hey, every every pro pickleball player's got a couple of of sugar mamas. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he just said no no hustles off limits. So oh, for sure. Yeah, you, you know, like, do right after money. right after the final in in Mesa, I'm walking back and and this uh, this this woman comes and and she tells me in the ear, do you do you like old woman? <laughs> and I say, how much money do you have? <laughs> <laughs> and what's what else is going yeah, on well, here what's, uh... she, said, she said a lot but then it just it just ended up that right there <laughs> oh man and that was in mesa yeah. last time huh last week yeah last that her house? yeah <laughs> no, that actually no. an airbnb <laughs> i i didn't get we didn't get to like get the the number or the name or anything i think it was just a funny conversation like a, a like we just passed each other and that's what what came out uh, okay, Jamie. Sure, yeah, whatever you say. I don't know. I don't know. Buy no, that. No, no. Walk, walk that one back. <laughs> no chance. Um, um, so, 
Thomas and I were discussing before, like, it seems like it's getting more and more difficult to to break through in, in pickleball. Obviously, we still have a ton of players who are doing it, whether that's you, whether that's Chris. Um, you know, players are still doing it. It does seem like it's getting a little bit more tough. And I think the, the, the thing that makes it tough is actually some of the financials, right? Like, so how are you able to before you had any of these sponsors, before you were winning, like, how were you able to fund coming over here, playing tournaments, like, getting into it, doing all of the travel and whatnot? Because, I mean, that adds up super, super quickly. Yeah, that's actually my first. So so when I, when I was in Hawaii, before I started playing uh, pickleball and I was doing all my lessons and stuff, I had, I had a good life. I didn't, I couldn't complain. Uh, I just was missing the, the competition side of, of, of college tennis and all that. And I always wanted to be, since I was little, I always wanted to be like a, an athlete, you know? And when I saw there was an opportunity with pickleball, I, it took me a little while to, to say, okay, I'm going to lose money for five months at least. But if I believe in myself, I might be able to have the dream of be, being an athlete rather than just continuing my business and, and work all my life. So, so the first five months, I definitely lost money, uh, trying to play pickleball and I lost money. I lost sleep. I, I, I was gel, gel lag most of the time. Like it, it was, it was horrible. I, I didn't like it at all. And, but I was seeing that every time that I played the tournament, I was getting closer to the results that I wanted. And it was just, um, Later on, after like five, six months, when I did a couple of good results and I started reaching out to to get sponsorships, and most of the sponsorships that I were being offered to me were like uh, either super low and very long term, like one year, two year sponsorship with like really low, which that wouldn't work out for me because that puts me in a position where I'm still losing money even if I have a sponsorship. And so the only company that uh, trusts me a little bit uh, at that time that it was new too, it was six zero. Mm. And, and I, I, I was, what I was asking for myself, I was uh, approaching the companies and I was saying, Hey, if you give me like this little bit amount of cash, I promise you I'll commit two months. I'll go to the mainland and I play all the tournaments and, and then we can see if I have potential or not. So it was a little, basically an investment for a company to just give me like right. six grand in cash or something. And, and me committing to playing eight tournaments or whatever amount there was from June 1st or from May 20th to end of July. And then just living my life, not working in, in Hawaii and doing that. And then the only company that said, okay, fine, we'll give a shot to you was 6-0. And that's how everything started. And right after they gave me the money, I went to, to Tyson's house. I trained 10 days. And then the first tournament after that was Dallas, where it was my first silver medal. And then right. from there, it was just uh, another couple of medals and stuff. So, and that's how everything got started. So tell us you've renegotiated with, uh, with, with six zero. Tell us Yuri, they, they've, uh, they've given you a pay increase now, huh? Well, now it obviously like it, it makes it possible for me to really go full time. If, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, like that's right. what, that was my goal from the beginning from January. It was to to just not do like half seas and be able, and, and have like uh, breaking even with my rents and stuff like that. You know, um, I moved out of of uh, moved out of Hawaii a little bit, put my shit on my car, uh, came to the mainland, and now I'm just uh, going for it. 
you know, it's not going to be like last year. I, I kind of did, I did pickable with uh, my potential, but it was half, half. I didn't train as hard. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't put a commitment on it. I, I was just doing it because I have fun. Now I have fun, but I also commit to it mm-hmm. and I want to be the best I can and see where I can go this year. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool that you not only were like, okay, I'm going to bet on myself for a few months, lose money, but you then went to these brands and were like, now you bet on me. You make this investment. Well, I, I, I told everybody, I said, I think I do have potential. I'd like the first, the first matches I ever played uh, on the first tournaments, it was, I, I beat Julian, my first tournament. Um, I lost 11-9 on the third against JW. I lost 11-9 on the third against uh, JW Villiers. Like every round I was coming out of quality was a top seed. Mm-hmm. And all the matches that I've done, it was really close matches. I was losing because I didn't have experience. They brought me the cat and mouse and I could not for my life win a point in cat and mouse. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew as soon as I learned that, everything would change. And that was exactly what happened. And, and I just needed a, a, a company to, to give me a, a trust and give me a little bit of money to go on it. And, and the change is the same. Now I'm loyal to, to Six Zero. If it would have been another company, probably I would still be loyal to them for mm-hmm. giving me the chance. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. Okay, so you talked a little bit about some of the sponsorship dollars you were offered. And you said, you know, the, this is just, this is too low. This isn't good enough. I think the listeners would be curious to hear, like, what does some of those offers look like? Are these, like, a couple hundred bucks a month? or Yeah, no, they- something something too low, for instance, it would be... Um, you get no money a, a month. They pay your registration fees, and per match you get maybe fifty bucks or hundred bucks every time you win a match, and then maybe you get a little bonus on a on a, every time you medal, for instance. Right. And that would be like like a year deal, right? So so even if I if I would be meddling and all that, still uh, registration fees are like five five to six hundred dollars. So. Uh, even if I would do good results for the first year, I'd be stuck in something that it would not, it, it would not be sustainable for me to be going back and forth to Hawaii and not commit mm-hmm. to it. I'd be in the same spot regardless if I did good, good, uh, good results or not. So that's what I thought it wasn't worth it for me. So I asked for three months deals, six months deals, and kind of calculated a little bit what it would cost me to go two months fully pro in summer. And it, at the time it was like, I think a grand or something like this. And that's what, what I asked. I said, Hey, you have a grant. I'll play six tournament that my expenses are going to be this, this, this. And I put everything in a, in, in a sheet that they could see. I'm not just stealing money for no reason, you know? And then, um, from there I went, I did all the tournaments that I said, and it turned out good. And then everything just became better from there. How long, uh, when, when do you finish up or like, when is your, your contract up with, uh, with six zero? I think you just renewed, didn't you? Well, I just renewed yesterday. Yeah. Oh, nice. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So is that a year deal? Like what are you? Uh, what two years deal. Two years. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Two so, years with an option of third. Yeah. Perfect. So this is, this contract renewal must've been like, look, you know, at first you're just looking for somebody to make the bet on you, right? And six year yeah. was the only one, like, but now that you've had all of these results, like, you've beaten you've beaten the top players in the game, this time around, the deals must have been a lot better, huh? Well, uh, I mean, one of the things that I always said to all the companies too, it was, 
I I would like a contract that starts me where I am now, which it was uh, at the time it was like nobody. So you could start me without paying me, just give me the registration fees. But if I would do good and all of a sudden I'm top 10, then that contract would put me as the top 10. Um, like the problem that I had is that nobody was wanted to do that kind of a contract. They wanted to do one year solid and I wanted to do one year where I start in a certain place. But if I perform good, that performance brings me to me being able to make some money and commit to the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so right now the, the same, the contracts that I always um, try to negotiate for myself is performance based where, where if I do good, I earn money. And if I don't, you don't pay me. That's, that's fine. You know, that's uh, what I think is fair for a company and for a player that like it obviously there is different kind of deals going around when there is a guaranteed basis and all that but me i'm always been a fan of uh of performance if you believe in yourself with higher upset and and i think it's better for a company too in in terms of protection for themselves too yeah so i'm curious there like because it's not you know there's there's a lot of performance incentives but i think that the vast majority of these contracts are somewhat fixed right so this time around when you have had your you've got uh, six zero on the table i'm sure there had to have been you know selkirk yola pro xr all those guys like poking around a little bit did you like mention this form of contract to them and like what was the general sort of response well, to well to like right now space? right now i'm in a different position because uh that josh is taking care of that so so i'm they he was the one negotiating this kind of stuff back then i didn't have an agent so that's what the terms that i was trying to to put um obviously right now because of the way that i want to commit i i prefer to have uh, a little bit of both, uh, of both goals. When I have a little bit of a guaranteed salary, just for me to calculate. For instance, if I want to commit, if I want to have a personal trainer, if I want to uh, do have expenses as an athlete, then I can calculate that. If it's only just uh, fully performance based, then I wouldn't be able to calculate what could my expense be, my set expenses be, to upset that. And then I would be always stressed about the results, right? So, so this time around. It's it's I add the better combination of both when there is a set salary and and performance base rather than like at the beginning it was mostly just performance base. Interesting. And so how do you think that that how do you think that motivates you? Is is it a positive motivation or a negative motivation if you are basically playing for for your rent money or for your dinner or like. If you um, do, you think that the safety of having a guaranteed amount is better for your performance, or creates a a place of somewhat complacency where you know I'm gonna be okay whether I win this match or not? Um, well, this is this is an interesting question because obviously you can find like uh, both sides of the of the coin in different players. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I. I love competing and regardless if uh, if I have a bigger salary or a smaller salary, I go to the match with the same uh, with the same mental and I want to win uh, and have fun. So so I don't think for myself that one it applies. It, it don't matter the amount of money that I get. I'm doing this because I have fun and and mostly 
uh, it just satisfies my competition needs. And and I love the crowds and I it just like there is like a combination of things. Like I don't want to say I, I'm just doing it for myself because uh, that's not true. I, I always find myself performing better when I when I played in a team in college, when I when I have people around that that I see they want me to win and they like me and they cheer for me. So just the fact of me creating this little uh, fan base in pickleball, it's pushing me more than if I wouldn't have done that. And the salary at the end of the day is nice, but um, that's not what's pushing me forward. It's more like uh, the environment and the results and how it feels uh, being better than than other people and being better for myself. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you let's say you, let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars sitting around. Like, how are you investing in Jaume if you sign a six-figure deal with uh, with Six Zero? What's that money? Um, well. At the beginning, it's not going to go anywhere. I'm going to just keep going, uh, doing the same thing what I'm doing right now because it's working. Now, when I will have a little bit more than that, I would probably uh, try and uh, set up like a, a mainland home where where possibly if if there will be a court around or in the home, that would be way better. And I set up uh, something where I could have uh, clinics in my house, uh, teaching, have other players coming to me. Like just like a, in a in a middle position of everything, not in Hawaii or not in Florida, just something in the middle, maybe Arizona, Texas, something like that. Dude, come to Austin. And, or Austin, o- yeah. Open invite. And perfect, I'll be there. And so <laughs> and just going going from from there, my goal besides being an athlete is also setting up uh, other income uh, ways for me to earn money besides uh, pickleball and I've always been a fanatic of business so I, I love business and I think there is so much opportunity going around so definitely uh, most of my money will be going to things that will pop up on the future rather than spending right now like besides like the the, the basic expenses that I might be like a, like a personal trainer or stuff like that um, but other than that, I will try to to create more opportunity for myself and for the people that is around me, for sure. Okay, nice. Okay, I like the I like sort of like the inside uh, contract talk. I, I don't think we get a lot of insight into that stuff, so it's it's cool to hear that you now have an agent. You mentioned Josh. That's top notch yeah. management, right? Yeah. So are yeah. they handling all your conversations now? Are you still kind of fielding some of them when you talk about you know, larger business opportunities, like maybe partnering with someone? Are you handling those? Is that something you give to Josh? Uh, yeah, no, de- definitely. Uh, now is more uh, their thing. Um, I I just get got started and. Um, with six zero, for instance, I have a personal relationship with them, and that's something that it goes more through me. But anything else, it just goes through Josh, and and that I appreciate because at the end of the day, there is so many like uh, opportunities and so many stuff, and I can just be around like doing the whole thing. I'm I'm horrible with my phone. I forget to answer everybody. It's just like it, I could have an opportunity, and then I I forget about it one hour later and three weeks later i'm like oh shit what about that guy you know well you made it so, to the pod so we're we're excited about that you made it we, yeah but i remember yesterday i was like oh shit <laughs> <the pod." laughs> 
yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's good because also like you know the uh, I'm sure as you're as you're coming in, you're inundated with a ton of different requests, and when you're new, it's hard to tell like, is this good? Is this a good deal? Is this a bad deal? Like, is this a good company? Bad company? Somebody to do that due diligence for you is is huge, right? Like my yeah, yeah. is in. So so for me for me I put a lot of importance on on who I am partnering with. So so I do have a lot of requests coming, but most of them um I haven't really like pulled the trigger on it just because I I like to have a little bit of more of a personal relationship with whoever I'm gonna partner and I wanna meet who is the person that wants to like sign me, why he wants to sign me, what's the product, because at the end of the day I'm building an image for myself and I want to represent the products that represents myself too. I don't want to be faking like if, if I for for a little bit of money of, of a product that I don't believe in or I, or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so at the moment it's, I'm in a position where I can choose. And, and so my next partners from here on will have to align with my personality, my likings and, and it, it has to not be an effort for me to promote them. If that makes sure. sense. So right now you have six zero. Do you have any other partners or sponsors? Yeah, I do have six zero and I have a uh, Hezacor, the the grips. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And for now, I officially I only have those two. Gotcha. And what are you looking yeah. for? Because we'll, uh, you know, I think, you know, there's people listening, there's brands listening and whatnot. Yeah, p- and pitch yourself. Yeah. Well, definitely, definitely some clothing. You know, I'm pretty fashionable, so uh, <laughs> yeah, clothes. Um, clothing, uh, yeah, I don't know what our opportunities will be, but definitely clothing, uh, maybe an energy drink, um, yeah, anything for for massage, uh, you know, things that I use in a daily, like uh, a, mas- a massage gun, um, stretching things, you know, stuff like that. I I don't have anything, and I would definitely be open to, for a conversation for that. I like it. Uh, hopefully, you get some uh, some inbound from from coming on this pod. Perfect. Um, and if you do, it's 20% back to yeah, us. Yeah, right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> forgot to have you sign that contract before starting. I want to ask you two something. So in these negotiations, conversations with potential sponsors, brands, businesses, to what degree does building a social media following and having a digital presence matter? And what leverage does that offer you in these conversations? Is that something you guys are consistently thinking about? Uh, yeah, definitely. I would say, I would say that's one of the most important things. I think like results is number one, but, but the image nowadays is, is definitely on the same scale almost like you could be, you could be doing results very good, but if you don't have an image or a brand that people can identify with or that, that have fun following you, that at the end of the day is not going to matter. The, I think, I think the brands right now, they're looking for, for people that it could be a little bit more influential in some degree, um, there is different kind of ways that you can influence people. Um, I think like I, I, I am in the middle of uh, of a lot of stuff. So so for me, I have a lot of opportunity because I I am in the middle of the of the gray area of I don't have a, a set target that that I can be applied to. Like other players could, but uh, but yeah, definitely like. I would say to everybody, like, put effort on building your your socials. And that's one of my goals this year, too, is to build my socials as much as I can. You have, so I was just looking, you have about 13,000 followers on Instagram. Let's yeah. rewind maybe uh, a year and a half ago. Did you already have a 
pretty good following or no i actually i started so when i started playing pickleball in the pba tour i probably had close to three thousand. Right. So, so it's kind of so, skyrocketed in a pretty short yeah. amount of time. So then whenever I did the first couple center appearances and good matches with Ben and stuff, it kind of like went uh, fast. Not not so fast at the beginning. I think like the toughest part was building from from 2,500 to like 7,000, something mm-hmm. like this. Um, after that, it just skyrocketed and it just doesn't stop. It's like, it, it's almost like at the beginning people... Um, before they actually follow, it's uh, they don't know if they should follow or not because you're you're kind of going up, but you're not big enough. But then once you hit like seven thousand or eight thousand, they actually know you are a pickable player, per yeah. se, and that they can. Be- and then and then it's just really easy to go. Like I went from from maybe twelve thousand, from eleven thousand to thirteen thousand. I went maybe like the last month. Mm-hmm. It's it, it just skyrockets. It's pretty sure. interesting. It's it's a lot different than it used to be in a short amount of time, right? Like a lot of players, most didn't have over ten thousand. For you to be over ten thousand in this short a time frame, I think it's a testament to like pickleball yeah. and, and where it's happening. And I think I think actually actually always I I kind of checked a little bit where where all the people like Federico and all the other people are, and I've I've seen lately also. Um, their followings has been going up too. So it's definitely like uh, the pickable uh, social media is picking up a lot and people that is uh, not a pro are following a lot now, a lot more the pros because we are putting more content out there. We're, we're doing a little better and that's helping. It. So everybody's like growing now. You just got to find what's your, what's your niche, how you want to grow a little bit and just stick to that and keep posting and and it, it seems like people is more willing to follow right now. Yeah, you can uh, if if you uh, come up against Fed in a championship Sunday again, he beats you. You can just chirp him at the end and be like, "I have more followers than you." <laughs> he's coming out fast too, though. <laughs> he's at ten thousand. You're you're yeah. uh, you're like three thousand ahead of him, and, and he's been. Yeah, but that happens in that one match. I mean, the video that they posted on the from the from the from the final, I think it was like a ten million views already. So really? like. Yeah. People just clicking the video is like it's so easy for them to follow when they see that both of us are like in a ten thousand follower mark or something like this. If we both had like one thousand followers and the video comes up, guarantee we only get like ten follows, maybe. Yeah. But because yeah. we our socials are higher, so many people is willing to just click, click, click. If you're putting out good content, there's always going to be like spikes and whatnot, like when you have that crazy point. But it seems to me like the the growth here is it's it's exponential. It's not just a one by one, right? So like, yeah, yeah. If you're growing at something like two percent per per month, like that happening over and over and over is like compound interest, and the 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 followings grow really really quickly. Like, and obviously we've seen that. I think the that that one point in particular, which is just absolutely insane. That definitely creates something like a spike when something goes goes viral, and then it just build that just creates a bigger base for you to to build off of. Um, yeah. So so for instance, for now for my socials, because I've never been a social guy. Like before I before I started posting oh, for Pickleball. Come on, Jao um, I've seen all the shirtless pics on your Instagram. Yeah, but, those, yeah, those but thirst check the, traps. the dates. Check the dates. The last post I did it was 2019 until I played Pickleball on 2023. 
So, so I did use socials, but then I stopped using your socials because I gotta it, find this. I didn't have. Pick. Hold on. There's I didn't a, have like uh, infinity of them. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, but then, uh, when I saw the opportunity, I saw a couple of players that they were like, for, for instance, Tyson was growing his his following, you know, and I saw an opportunity that if if as I believe to myself and I started making results, that would bring me better better audience and better everything. Uh, also, if you check my Instagram, it's all over the place. I never really posted. Um, uh, I, all I have is collaborations from, and so I check the collaborations, which one it could kind of fit better with my with my feed. But if you check in my profile, it's all over the place. So, mm -hmm. so I need to fix that. And and when somebody clicks on it to see like something that makes sense. Right now, it's just a bunch of videos, a bunch of colors. You know, tell which me, I, tell I, me, tell I me. you still have a six pack, bro. Yeah, of course I have a six pack. I was born with it. Though. Prove it. Prove it. No, no chance you got a six pack. Prove it. I do have it, though. Oh, he's not going to prove it. He's not going to prove nah, it. Doesn't sound like it. Nope. He's not going to put his money where his mouth is. John, dude, if, you know if you pull out dude, a six gotta, pack right now gotta, on the stream, I will give you $100. If you got a six pack, right now. I thought hustle. you were a hustler. I thought you were a hustler. You, you show me a six pack right now, I'll give you $100. Well, but now I'm more expensive than $100, though. All right. What uh, do you need? What do you give me 500 Five hundred? Do we think well, he's got it? You give me one, one, one hundred per square. So if per, I have no, no square, per square. If, I have no, if I have no squares, then it's for What's free. a square? In a six like, pack. Like, on the six pack. Yeah, so if you, I'm not giving you money for a four pack. Everybody's <laughs> but got that's a four 400. pack. I don't think he's got it, but I don't know if I want to call his bluff for five hundred bucks. Uh, <laughs> I'm a good poker player. <laughs> this is tough. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I, I can do it. I don't think I can go for it. Oh damn! I was about to make some some easy money right now, dog. <laughs> yeah. Two hundred bucks final offer. If you show a six pack right now, I'll give you two hundred bucks if you actually have the six pack. So six squares, <laughs> not four. I don't not, know what's happening right now. <laughs> Thomas, this is your podcast. <laughs> this is your podcast. <laughs> Are you trying to do a porno here, Daddy? Yeah. No, the, the viewers, the, the viewers, and but mostly me want to know. I will say there's no uh, pickle bars with uh, good OnlyFans, at least not that I know of yet. So there's always that option. If uh, yeah, maybe when sales. I when I get to 20k followers, maybe yeah, I'll think yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, drop the OnlyFans. I like it. Right. I'm gonna be able to get all the <laughs> get a, get a few more sugar mamas. I know you got a few. There we go. <laughs> All right, so I'm concluding that he doesn't have a six pack still, and it's All right. the, the burden is on we'll, him to prove it. We'll leave it. We'll leave it with the mystery, I guess. What a what more it's more attractive like that. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas, Mysterious. for the social media post for this episode, we gotta have the, uh, the poll thing. Yeah, Does yeah. Jaume still have a six pack? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's actually like a good that. idea. Yeah. I, I like that. There we go. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> where do we go from here? Yeah, uh, uh, Canton, we need a segue, bro. I've, I've got a segue because there's just one question I want to ask you about because, I mean, you were grinding kind of the, the tennis scene for quite a while, played yeah. college tennis. I think you had a D2 national championship. Was it at Hawaii Pacific, right? Yeah, Hawaii Pacific, yeah. And then you were grinding the tennis scene. So were you trying to go pro in tennis? I have a note here that you were a hitting partner for Rafa Nadal for, for some time. Well, so so what happened is back when, that's back when I was young, younger, like 14, 15, 16 years old, um, I did go pro. I did play Futures. 
um, I was grinding a lot. I was training uh, really hard. I wanted that to be my dream. Um, while, well, while, yeah, a lot of people is, was in the same situation, but um, I'm from Mallorca. Rafa Nadal is from Mallorca. Um, I've been an island, really small. All the coaches know each other, you know. Um, when Rafa was that good for training, he needed people to either to fly them over to Mallorca or figure it out, right? Uh, it, yeah, I was just lucky enough that I was on the scene of like the lower, lower pros on playing my futures and starting to to get some level. And I was lucky enough that I could uh, go and hit with him when he didn't have anybody to hit with. Um, so, so and that was uh, for me as a 16 year old, 15 year old, that was very exciting. Um, then after that, um, run out of money, like playing futures and playing tennis is like a, a bunch of traveling, especially when I'm from an island. Um, also, I don't, I didn't come from a strong financial uh, structure at home. Um, nobody in my family ever started college or anything. So it's like pretty humble family, you know, in an island. What else can, can you, can you expect? Run out of money, 16, quit tennis. Um, after that, uh, later on, I decided to go to United States by, by chance. Um, and it turned out to work well. And I ended up in Hawaii, which uh, that's where everything began. But yeah, for the last uh, one year and a half or two before I went to college, I didn't play at all. I was just doing my thing. <laughs> uh, okay, we had one geography lesson earlier. I have uh, another one. When you fly from Spain to go to Hawaii, yeah. do you fly east or west? You could choose. It's the same amount of time. Is it really? It's yeah, like other side could, of the world? It's like literally 12 hours apart. That's so, wild. So, yeah, it's literally the furthest you can go. And you could choose either side, but going through Asia and stuff, it's probably tougher. So I never went through that. So probably you're, good you're, <laughs> you said your yeah. family, no, uh, no college grads in your family. When you tell yeah, them no. you're going to go literally to the other side of the world to play college tennis in the U.S., how do they feel yeah. about that? What's the response? Uh, well, I, I was always being a little like uh, adventurous. I was never like really uh, home home. My my parents were divorced at the early early um, when I was younger, and so I never really had these uh, family conversations and stuff like that. I was just uh, doing whatever I wanted. I was like, okay, I'm going. You know, uh, when it happened to the United States uh, opportunity. It comes from a, a recruiter that contacts a, a coach that was my coach. And he goes through this. He calls me. He's like, hey, would you like to go to the United States? I'm like, sure, man, whatever. <laughs> and and it happens like that. And then I just tell my dad one day, hey, I'm going to the United States. And he goes like, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, you don't even speak English. And I was like, watch me. Watch me, man. <laughs> and I left 10 years ago and I just never came back. I went back maybe like five times in 10 years. And... It's been great. <laughs> are they are, are they following your pickleball journey? What do they think of that? Boom! My dad just found out that I play pickleball like maybe a couple of months ago, and he, he at the beginning he thought I was just joking because he's like, "What? What is this, man?" <laughs> Did he know what it was? No, he had no idea what it was. Is there is but, there any like pickleball scene in Spain that you know of? Well, now it's starting, like, yeah. and I got contacted in social media for a bunch of clubs in Spain and. And there is finally the first course built in Mallorca in the island. And so it's, it's, it looks like he's picking up quite a bit now. 
I have a I have a question for you. Is somebody playing pool in the background? It, it sounds like somebody's like. playing billiards. Yeah, Hayden and Colin. <laughs> Can you t- tell Which, Hayden and Colin to stop playing pool? Also, this Airbnb again sounds sick. It's pretty sick, table. actually. You want to see? Which one of them just hacked up a lung too? Yeah, Who's that? Look, it's pretty sick. Yeah. Damn, homeless doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. 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 It's not that bad. Yeah, Colin is my sugar daddy for the week, so. That's not a bad sugar daddy. Wait, tell yeah. them for 20 more minutes to stop playing pool, actually. Hey, it's, hey it's there. very loud. Can, can you <laughs> stop playing for 20 minutes? They're giving me shit, that's why. Is that Hayden Patrickwin? Yeah, Patrickwin. Tell them we, we got to get him on the pod. Tell them, to come, tell them we want him on the pod. They want you on the pod if you stop playing pool. <laughs> Zane? Yeah. You gonna come say hello? Come on, come oh, over. Come on, puppy. <laughs> he's gonna put his shade now, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. he's got a oh, he's got yeah. a he's got a rep we the brand. The That's my brand. guy. Oh, my What's up, Aiden? <laughs> Look at this has gotta be a first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. we're boys now. We're best friends. Hayden, wow. when are we when are we getting you on the pod? Hayden, when are you going to the pod? Eminem Jr. is touring. Huh? He says that he just went on it. <laughs> no. All right. We'll fo- we'll follow up. Dude's so lost right now. Uh, yeah. So who who else is uh who else is in that house with you? Uh, Colin and my boys from Hawaii, Marcel and Fook. Do you guys? Is there a uh... the second guy's name? <laughs> yeah. Marcel and Fook. <laughs> <laughs> this is just reminding yeah, me of that Austin, out. Austin that Powers. Out. Uh, yeah. You remember that one scene yeah, yeah, with the yeah. twin? Um. Fook, fook me and, and fook, fook you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, you in the pickleball at all? You in the pickleball? No? All right. I've got a nice little side hustle going here. I basically just show up at pickleball courts, and uh, I bring some products that they might need, and I, I slang pickleball products. With pickleball being such a hot sport right now, there's a lot of different products coming out and it's hard to keep up with. So I just basically bring the products directly to the customer right here. Hey, hey bro. Hey, you're looking thirsty out there. You need one of these ice shakers? You know, to be honest with you though, all I'm really doing is I just subscribe to the pickleball box and it comes straight to my door with all the hottest pickleball gear in here. And it's like $250 worth of stuff and I get it for 99 bucks. Hey, Donna, I got that new Fila zip-up you were asking about right here. Yeah, that pickleball Fila zip-up, yeah. Yo, these pickleball junkies, man, once you give them a taste of that new product that they got coming out, they can't get enough of it. Hey, Tom, weren't you asking about some pickleball socks, man? I got some socks right here for you, brand new. Yo, did y'all need some sunblock? Was somebody asking about some sunblock? Hey, what's up, bro? You want to check out what all I got? Yeah, come check it out, man. Check it out. Wait, wait, wait. Cops, dude. Cops, cops. Be cool, be cool. What's up, officer? Good day. Having a good day? Good. All right, check it out. Um, okay, so, yeah, you were talking about, or we were talking about, you know, your your parents, your family, following yeah. your, your pickleball journey now. Are you, like, sending them videos? I mean, you were on SportsCenter Top 10. Do you send that to your family? Like, look. Uh, I no, I'm not really. Cool. <laughs> really? Honestly, honestly, no. Um, no, actually, no. I they, 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 like, right now, they're being a little bit more interested so when i play maybe if i can find the link in uh in youtube i'll send it over you know but the time changes are like all over the place you know it's just it's just a little bit more complicated definitely my dad is getting more involved into it um 
and my brother a little bit. I have a, I have a younger brother. Um, and, but yeah, not, 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 not over the, not too much, I would say. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Little, uh, little transition here. Who do you think are the top five men's singles players right now? Like when you see, when you, there's five players in a draw that you would like to not see. Who are those top five players? Um, Ben, Tyson, Fed, J-Dub. Um, and then maybe, then I have a combination of players. Like I would say those four are my first four picks. Um, but then I think everybody else is kind of in the same level, I would say. Mm-hmm. It just depends yeah. on the day. But yeah, who those four, like, like for me, <laughs> for instance, to play against J-Dub, it, it's really hard because he likes to play Karen Mouse a lot. And it just pisses me off. Um, but but other players that I would say that they they are all really good. They could be like a five person, fifth uh, fifth position. It would be uh, definitely Kwon Dong, definitely Chris Hayworth, definitely um, Dylan. Like it just depends on the days of how how the 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 game is. But mm-hmm. those those players are the ones that. When I play them, if a player has a big weapon per se, like Kwon has really big drives. If he's on, then is anybody will have problems playing him. Um, yeah. If if Jay Dubs cat a mouse and drops are good, everybody's gonna struggle playing with him. Same with Tyson and his forehand. You know, every every player has something that it becomes a major weapon at certain times, and and those players are the most likely for me to hire, put them higher. Um, Right. Or for myself, for me, I'm a pretty balanced player. I would say I have, I have good drive. I can move fast, so I get, I can adapt to all those players and beat them in a good day. But definitely, those are the ones that, if they have a good day, it pisses me off to play against them. Yeah. Did you mention uh, Christian as well? Because he, he's he's up there, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Christian is 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 a good player. For some reason, the the last time that I played him, um, it went my way in straight sets and. And I kind of found the the how to play him a little bit more than than with others. Now I haven't played him in a while, so and and he's improving super fast. So maybe the next time I play him, he, he might kick my ass, you know. But uh, uh, but yeah, I I I haven't had the chance to play against him in a while right now. Like the last time I played against him, I think it was Seattle summer last year, and then from there I never never saw him again. So it's so been it's, the... it's been like quite a while to. It's until until they happen yeah what, what would you say is the the game style that like gives you the most the most issues because you, you mentioned you know a lot of players across the spectrum you got ben who's got big forehand and great cat and yeah. mouse uh yeah. tyson is is similar in that way big forehand cat and mouse fed's got a little bit of everything you know um j-dub same forehand cat and mouse dylan pretty much all cat and mouse now adding yeah. those those better passes like Kwang Dong, zero cat and mouse, just blasting passing shots, and that's yeah. sort of similar with with uh, Chris Hayworth. What uh, is there a certain style that like bugs you, or that you feel like you, on the flip side, do really well against? So, so the style that bugs me the most is definitely the cat and mouse. Now, really? if I have a if I have a good day, like right now, I feel very comfortable with the cat and mouse. So right now, uh, you find me. 
um, inviting the player to come play Karamaus because I feel so comfortable. Until now, the the game that uh, bugged me the most it was the Karamaus. Um, now I'm not sure no more. Now I think like a player that it, it really it, it really takes effort for me to play is somebody like Fede because we play kinda, we both can play Karamaus, we both can drive, we both can run. So it's kind of hard to find holes on games that are, that are that he does probably the same thing that I would be doing too, you know. So it's like playing against myself a little bit. When when I play now against players that drive a lot or that uh, drop a lot, I kind of have my my different strategies to go against them. And if they work, it will go my way. It, it's just uh, it's just a mental fight between both of us who is doing better. But definitely a player like uh, Fede right now is. Uh, is what my most exciting match like to play. I really like to play against him, but also I know that it's never going to be uh, straight sets. Like we played three times and the three times we went 11-9 on the third. And it's always been a long match and exciting, yeah. All right, rank these three players in cat and mouse. Ben, Federico, and Dylan. Best to worst cat and mouse. Um... Damn. Okay. Caramouse just at the kitchen when you are in the kitchen or caramouse going into the kitchen too with the drop. We'll we'll count like we'll count cat and mouse as anything that is not sort of like an outright passing shot. Uh so, okay, so I I will I will I will rank um from transition zone to Caramouse and come coming in into the Caramouse, I would rank Fed number one. Okay. If if I if I have to rank coming from the baseline, I'll rank Ben number one. And if I if I have to play just Caramouse, putting a ball in co- in play from the kitchen, I'll rank Dylan number one. Such a fucking politician. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, if you if you tell me if you no, tell me okay, actually, you're gonna that's, that's play. A very good, that's a very good answer. <laughs> okay, if you if you if you tell me okay, you're gonna play up to eleven just in Caramouse points, one versus one, and the first ball we are both in the kitchen and I fit it in. I think Dylan is the one that is, yeah, yeah. is best. Let's say all right. Let's say for for purposes of this conversation, you you know the the game that you play in tennis where you drop the ball off the net. Yeah, you you drop the ball off the net to start the point. Yeah, that one has of to those be, players that would be wins Dylan. that tournament. 100% Dylan. Hmm. I just can't read him. For myself, in my opinion. He, he he puts the paddle open and he does a flick and I don't know where the ball goes. I hate to play Karamal with him. And I don't when I don't like when he comes. I try to keep him back. Like luckily the times that I play with, with him, um the the drops he was not uh, dropping as good or he he has a little bit more trouble coming in before because I was serving big on purpose you know returning big on purpose so I don't make it easy for him but definitely I hate being in front of him in the kitchen mm-hmm. <laughs> and when he comes yeah because he he's still fast too you know it's not not slow like like Ben picks the spots really well but I think I'm a little bit faster than him so I still can defend myself on that. With Dylan, just I, I just don't like it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, now watch me. Next time I play Dylan, he's just gonna caramouse me all the time. <laughs> Thanks to the pot. <laughs> <laughs> he's listening to this. Yeah, your opponents no. are all listening to this for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, he's doing that anyways. So <laughs> it just, but it, in any case, it's just gonna make me better anyways. So <clears throat> yeah. 
All right, what do you think from here? What do you want to? Uh, what else should we should we chat about? Any pickleball news stuff? Uh, no, we're gonna save all news for for next episode. I think that's um, I think that's good. I think we're just over an hour. Okay, so we're in a good spot. Jaume, thanks for coming yes, sir. on. My pleasure. Good luck in uh, in Mesa, and then you're coming to Austin soon. Yes. Yes. Okay. Love it. I like it. Yeah. Thanks for popping on. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thanks for inviting. Take it easy. Bye bye. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie,